Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise, including the newly added edition of Three Houses. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going? Not too bad. I've uh, been a little distracted. Yeah. But Fire Emblem distracted, though. Yes. Yeah. Distracted by Fire Emblem. Distracted from... From, from Fire Emblem by Fire Emblem. Exactly. Well, no, it's been... It's funny, like, my weekend's been so busy that Fire Emblem Three Houses, it feel like it, it came out a week ago. Because I, I literally had that thought pop through my head. I was like, when did it come out? Was it last week? No, it was Friday. It's been two days, and I've played a... I, in my in my game style, in my, the way I play games, I've played quite a bit. And I know it doesn't... Yeah. It pales in comparison to a few people, but... Um, still a lot of, a lot of time in my books, that's for sure. Yeah. And depending on when you break down, when the week starts and ends, you could argue that it was last week that it came out. (laughs) That's true. It is Sunday. Some people start the week on a Sunday. Well, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Fire Emblem Three Houses because, well, Fire Emblem Heroes has a good chunk of Three Houses in it this week that we're going to be talking about. And that includes... Most of the events this week were somewhat themed. Yeah, I think they even let you theme your home screen, which was uh, a surprise because you could, uh, you could. I think you could choose between Black Eagles, uh, Golden Deer, and gosh, I'm failing already. So let me get it. Uh, Blue guys. What are they called? Blue lions. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's not, close. It's, it is a choice and sort of not a choice because you just get those three. Uh, designs for your ca- your uh, castle, no matter what. Oh, you can switch back Swap and forth between them. Yeah. See, I cho- I ch- I decided that it was a single choice, and I was locked in. So I accidentally picked the black eagles, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going black eagle. No, I'm just kidding. I I picked black eagles, so I am I am decked out. I am in in the classroom right now, and it is good. But uh, yeah, lots of three houses stuff going on. I want to know how our summons went because we've we've got a we've got a brand new summonable cast of heroes from the brand new game. Uh, but alongside that, you've also got the weekly revival banners. This week is Katari- Katrina, Minerva, and Jenny. And then we got summer returns till August 9th. Summer refreshes till August 9th. Three houses until the seventh of August. And heroes with close defense. Until the fifth of August, still no sign of the Norian summer banners. So, uh, guess we'll just yep. keep waiting. And now that we got the voting gauntlet announcement, it's not—we know it's not going to be that. Hmm. So. Oh, I mean, it'll happen. But when it'll happen, who knows? We'll just have to yep. keep waiting. But Eddie, I want to know how your summons went because I don't want to break with tradition here. How did you do? So, um, as I said last week, I held off on my Wolt Hunting uh, to go into the Three Houses banner. I got nothing on my um, free summon wheel, uh, but I did go and collect my first summon tickets. And uh, I think it was my first free summon ticket. Um, I ended up getting Dimitri. Uh, So I figured, you know, that's the way the game, that's the game's way of suggesting maybe I should go ahead and go with Blue Lions. Uh, you know, but, um, of course I had three more free summon tickets, uh, nothing on the second one, but on the third one, I ended up getting Edelgard. 
which means the other one I was leaning towards was also in the mix. So it's a game just saying, ha-ha, make your pick. We're not helping you. But, <laughs> Commit, <laughs> Eddie, I, come on. Yep, not, nothing from that last ticket. Uh, went back to Wolt hunting with orbs after that and had little to no luck there. Um, got pity broken by a dream corn, so don't even have the pity rate there. Um, starting to think, especially with the legendary or mythic banner coming up, that um, I'm just going to have to wait for him to appear on a, one of those banners because it doesn't look like it's happening now. Mm. Well, I did not have quite as uh, good luck as you did, having gotten two heroes from the Three Houses banner. Myself, I went in with all my tickets, and on my last ticket I ended up pulling a Flora and a Thea both five stars so not not a bad pull in terms of like getting five star heroes but not the ones i was hoping for so no extra three houses heroes for me i do have the free male byleth um but yeah I'm, I'm saving my orbs to see what the mythic banner brings we we honestly still don't know what's on who or sorry who is the mythic hero right so yeah, I'm expecting it tonight or tomorrow um i'm still suspecting sothis so but it could be Saros, Nemesis, or any of the other ten elites. So, mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're talking knows. about, but Sothis sounds like well, a good it's idea. Right there in the opening cutscene, yes, uh, the quote-unquote divine Saros fighting Nemesis in the opening cutscene of Three Houses. Oh, see the entire opening cutscene. I just sat there with my ears covered, going la la la. I thought it was spoilers. Uh, yeah, sure. Spoilers for the <laughs> opening cutscene of a game. I'm just joking. I didn't really understand what was happening there. Uh, was that a prequel to what was what eventually happens in the game, or is that like a? Yeah, um, okay. the game is set in 1179 Imperial Year. That was back in 91 Imperial Year. Ah, uh, okay. Showing Saros, kind of partially how she became the Divine Saros, or mm. you know, stuff that happened while she was Divine Saros before she was, you know, 100% revered by the church type thing. Mm. And as everyone with a crest in Hanuman will tell you, the crests come from the ten elites who were given the crest by the goddess. Or whatever. Gave the crest to immortals by the goddess. See, so. that, this is why you're here. You're paying attention. Ryan Murphy is not. That's what we've learned. Um... Yeah, okay. Maybe some of the conversation is stuff past you, but I think some of the basic crest stuff and people talking about the Ten Elites is pretty early on, so... Yeah, well, I mean, I'm... Okay, so that makes sense. So we'll probably, we'll, like you said, we'll find out tonight. And, I mean, there, there's only a couple heroes that I would be interested in seeing or wanting to, like, really add to my roster, uh, having needing to know who they are. So the fact that you mentioned the Ten Elites, it's like, cool, I guess... So we'll see, but uh, yeah, you you know, you maybe find out sooner rather than later. I guess I don't know. Well, the ten elites are hinted at early on, but yeah, they're there, and you don't actually play as those elites, but they are the ones who, you know, it's it's like the eight ancient heroes of the uh, Shadow Dragon game. You know, I think it was Shadow Dragon. I don't know. I, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we'll see. Well, certain though, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it was um, it was Shadow. Or maybe Dragon. that was the the lead games. The but again, mentioned in games. an opening cinematic. So yeah, 
I don't this know. This is stuff that happened as they sh- showed thousands of years ago, or a thousand years ago. Ah, who wants a fossil for a mythic hero? Am I right? No. Okay. Well, I guess I'm wrong. I'm, I'm... Some could argue that uh, most of the mythic heroes we have gotten so far are fossils. Yeah, but they're active fossils, is what I'm trying to say. Uh huh. I'm guessing if they come as a mythic hero, they could be an they would be an active fossil. <laughs> well, in the way that the others are active fossils. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a this is a tangent. Um, I'm I'm. Yeah, it is a tangent. Okay. But uh, well, we do have stuff going on in game. We do, and it's very much focused on three houses. Everything happening in the game is three houses. Yes, we got the new tap battle three houses. Yeah. Um. We got the uh, Grand Conquest three houses. Uh, the Vona Gauntlet's not going to be three houses, though. Ooh. Drama? What's it going to be? Uh, the Vona Gauntlet coming on the 1st of August is Beach Ballot Battle. And it's going to be the two new summer banners. Oh. So, summer returns and summer refreshes. Which I guess is partially why they're staying around to the 9th, so they'll be there for the voting Gauntlet. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that, that sounds like a nice voting gauntlet. So we'll get to see who is most popular from the new rosters. Yep, and of course, we, uh, as we've been babbling on about, we do have the Mythic uh, Hero coming on the 31st, the day before that launches, the voting gauntlet launches. We have that going happening. Uh, should be getting that video either tonight or tomorrow night, around 11, uh, unless they delay it for whatever reason. And then we have the Kranya Grand Hero Battle uh, connected to this new um, banner, Three Heroes banner, starting on the 3rd of August. Yeah. Yep, it's a it's a slower week, but a big launch with Mythic Hero banner and battle, so we're looking forward to whoever that new Mythic Hero is, as we discussed above. Uh, Eddie, I, I, I leave this to you in the sense that you wrote out a pretty good summary of what happened in the new Three Houses story chapter within Fire Emblem Heroes. Yes. Um, yes, with the new, big new banner. Yeah, with the new banner, we got a new story chapter. Um, and it, actually, we got a new video as well with it. Um, the video pretty much uh, re-summarizes what happened in the story last chapter, or last part five of the story chapter mm-hmm. uh but you know uh with the dive into more story this week uh we continue with it uh where it left off with alphonse telling Sharina and the others um his suspicions about leaf's true identity uh, and them you know trying to discuss how to defeat hell further uh when all of a sudden veronica shows up and says she will work with the Askrins to defeat hell uh, while suspicious of her, they do agree because it's kind of a problem they need to solve. And I'll head to the this ver- world's version of Embla. Uh, Ver- uh, upon arriving there, Veronica is quite smart tactically and refuses to let the Askins uh, wander around a duplicate of her castle. Uh, while she goes in to find the answer there, uh, you know, the answer to more details about what they had read at uh, Asker, uh, Leaf shows up with the three houses heroes in tow and signed to whatever, you know. Uh, and gives a speech uh, explaining what happened and why he's 
uh, he's doing what he's doing, which is essentially the video. If you want to see a fancy and uh, heavy metal uh, soundtrack version of his speech. Um, you know, and... Yeah, they brought that music. Uh, like, I forgot they used that music from the original Book 3 announcement, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, oh, right, forgot about that music. And, whew, it's not great, guys. I'm not a I'm not a metal fan, so maybe maybe it's awesome. But yeah, it's just not your cup of tea. It's, it's not necessarily not great. It's just not your thing. I would certainly not sip from said loud, screamy tea. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Um, after the chapter, Veronica comes out uh, with the details um, and uh, speculates that the weapon that was created by the right that had already been performed here. Uh, she definitely agrees that it can't be performed in their version of the world. Uh, but since it had already been performed in this version of Zenith, uh, the weapon should be around and uh, they should try and find it to see, uh, to you know, because it should have the power to kill hell since it's been created. So. Right. That's a smart move. Honestly, it makes perfect sense to me. And I'm glad someone yeah. suggested it and I hadn't thought of it. That's quite, that's quite a good twist. Well, it's kind of, you know, hard not hard to not think of it when they don't tell you that this is this thing creates a weapon when it gets this right gets activated but the idea being so the idea is basically uh the the death the 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 dead world's alphonse he they created the weapon and then he decided not to use it because hell was basically like hey if you don't use it and you don't kill me, I'll give you back everyone if you just replace each of your dead people with a with a living person. Is that essentially the idea? Um, part of me wonders. Uh, I mean, in theory, um, Alphonse, unless he wasn't with the group that went to start the right, would have been one of the first killed. Because yeah. um, Veronica states that those who... Uh, you know, start the right or open the tomb or the first to die, but eventually it kills everyone until there's no one left. Uh, so I don't know what the plan with activating the right was. Maybe they thought they'd have enough time. Uh, and the way I saw it is whether whether they ever found the weapon or not, maybe they just never found the weapon. It doesn't drop it right where the heart is right. type thing. So my guess is they didn't find, you know, didn't have time to work quick enough to hunt down the weapon before um, everyone died. And Alphonse, in his despair over losing everyone and possibly being dead himself, agreed to work for hell and appease the cohort of the dead, as he calls it, in the title of the video, or chapter at least, mm-hmm. you know, um agrees to appease the cohort of the dead to bring his people back as if it had never happened by killing everyone in our Asker. Yeah, and it makes sense that he would want to do that because, he, like you said, he lost his sanity when Sharina was basically killed, which, I mean, yep. they're brother and sister. They're fairly very close. And, uh, yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a sick twist when you think about it. I know a, a lot of people... We're kind of like, oh, when's Sharina gonna die? When's Sharina gonna die? And they honestly weren't even projecting that. They were literally showing us a thing that yep. has happened in the past or in another world, rather. So, 
I thought it was a really good twist. It was uh, a lot of people might be like, oh, that's that's not fair. Or that's not that's kind of misleading. But honestly, I thought it was really well put together. It's a good twist and a good way to be able to do this without making it very weird and odd to play the game. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want Sharina to actually die. Yeah, because if they actually killed Sharina in the story, you have Sharina in your barracks who's going out and fighting, Mm -hmm. or they just removed a unit from your barracks, especially if you've put work into her so that she's, you know, pretty decent and all. They would have just deleted her. her. Yeah, and they just delete her from your barracks. It's like, <laughs> are you effing kidding me type thing? That would, be, that would be... That would not be a good option. I'm just throwing that out there. No. <laughs> that would not go over well. And it would be just as awkward if, you know, Sharina is dead in the story and you still have her in your barracks. Yeah. Going on doing battles. Yeah, but I thought... It, like, it's interesting. How do we feel about them doing, like, a... It's, it's not a full-fledged cinematic, but how do we feel about them doing, like, a... A mid-book cinematic. Did you like that touch? Um, it was interesting. It was nice to see the fully animated things, and I guess it fits to kind of explain what you're seeing in the um, original book three launch video. Yeah, you know that it's not our Asker; it's this alternate Asker that had that happen, or that stuff happen, but. Not sure it was really necessary, you know? It kind of felt like maybe they were just ending the original book three movie, like you were like you were kind of alluding to, and that this is this is required viewing to understand what the hell they were showing in the intro. Yeah, it make yeah, kind of that feels like that, but also kind of just a little weird and all, so Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's uh, a pretty if, decent if story. Nothing chapter. else they still haven't explained the um how how is hell getting all these contracts and stuff? Uh, magic. Yeah, that's. Uh... I, guess, I guess it's not a guarantee that um. Uh, what should we call it? Embla's the only one who can force contracts. So, hmm. you know. Yeah. Then again, the whole contract system was always a little weird and vaguely unexplained to begin with. It's 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 a it's a crux like a MacGuffin to kind of just be like, yeah, hey, it's people kind summon of a MacGuffin to explain why you have random heroes who would not normally fight with these type of people fighting for them. Yeah, of course, how they get them to sign it or force them to sign it is another thing. That's like, how does this work? Because you know, aside from uh, what's his name, Xander. Uh, you know, choosing to stick with Veronica. You know, and Veronica's not exactly evil, but like, you know, some of the characters who were out there fighting with Surtur would never in a million years work with Surtur or sign a contract with Surtur. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, um, I, the, 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 the stuff that's in there that you kind of have to like, try to explain and doesn't make sense honestly it's just there to support yeah, the but, gameplay it's yeah not... that's probably more my mind over analyzing yeah. stuff that it's like yeah this is it just is just ignore it it's just it just is it's uh don't look over here don't, look over there yeah don't look at the man behind the curtain <laughs> the wizard of ignore oz him. all that fun stuff 
let's get into the heroes that were added to the game with uh, our first one, Byleth. Uh, yes, as we discussed last week, Byleth is the protag- protagonist of Three Houses. Uh, this time on the banner, we have the female version of the character. Um, so she joins as a red infantry sword unit, just like the male, her male counterpart. Uh, likely, like we mentioned last week, her sword and special skill are the same as male Byleth. Uh, the sword is the creator sword, which boosts her special trigger uh, by one automatically at the start of each turn and nullifies skills during combat that mess with her follow-ups and cooldown rate. Um, so essentially, uh, you know, she uh, you get the appropriate number of follow-ups for your speed and her special will activate when it's supposed to. Uh, and that special is the ruptured sky. Is ruptured sky? It boosts her damage by twenty percent of her opponent's attack, forty uh, percent if she's up against a dragon or a beast unit. Uh, and as we found out, it is an inherit this week um, when she launched. It is an inheritable skill, special. Uh, she does have no other new skills, but does have uh, fury, wrath, and even attack wave rounding out her skill set. Uh, and Fury is one of the four tier skills. So she has the fourth tier of that available to her. Nice. So yes, this is uh, this kit very like how I think we talked about it last week, but like how similar is it to the the male Byleth that was sent out to uh, purchasers of three houses? Same weapon, right? Same weapon, same special skill, but the skills are different. Um, I'd have to pull up last week's notes or pull up the character in game to see remember exactly what he has. Speaking of pulling up the game, <laughs> that's uh, that's um, all too all too something we've all experienced when uh, Fire yeah. Emblem Heroes should be quiet, but just does not want to be quiet. Yeah, I was doing something else and had the volume up and forgot to shrink it. But uh, now Byleth, he has distant counter as part of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and he focuses on speed over um, other stuff. Uh, she focuses on attack with her wrath in um, fury. Although fury boosts all skit stats, but you know, male by lithier boot focuses speed over other stuff mm-hmm. uh, with chill speed and odd speed wave. Plus, he does have distant counters, so he can attack counter even at a ra- at range. Right. So. No, yeah, the distant counter has been coming in handy with male Byleth, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we've got uh, Edelgard, the future. Edelgard is the leader of the Black Eagle House, home to students from the Adrestian Empire at the Officers' Academy, and the only heir to the Empire's throne. As a Green Axe Infantry Unit, Edelgard wields Victorious Axe, which accelerates special triggers. If the number of foes within two spaces, excluding the target, is greater than or equal to the number of allies within two spaces, excluding unit, unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. She has a new skill in the C-slot called Rouse Attack Slash Defense 3, where, at the start of turn, if unit is not adjacent to an ally, grants Attack Slash Defense plus 6 for one turn. And rounding out her kit is Luna 3 as a special attack slash defense solo 3 in the A slot, and dull close 3 in the B slot. So, pretty uh, pretty hefty 
kit here kind of to go alongside who I have been using a little bit of a advanced spoilers here. I've been, I've been using Edelgard. I chose the black Eagles in three houses and she is a beast, just a beast, uh, able the to tear through the beast over in the blue lion side. So, mm. yeah, well, that's true, but yeah. like a really good, really good unit all around. It, and it seems, I don't have yeah. her in game, but in this one, but she seems like she would be a powerhouse. Yeah, she definitely seems a powerhouse. Um, I actually do have her in the game, but haven't really messed with her much yet. Um, but yeah, she's got some pretty good skills there. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, the art for all these heroes feels very much a snapshot of the game, and I think we see this as it, like we see this with the newer games, like because the art from the newer games is so similar it's because they're brand new games and the art is kind of it's very they might they could have even pulled it right from the game but you look at older games and they're kind of refreshing the art and bringing them up to a more modern style to match the rest of the heroes so i kind of felt like the art for this was kind of like yeah this is three heroes or three houses yeah uh but also have you looked at some of that older art i mean it needs a refresh oh i'm not i'm certainly not giving it a hard time i agree (laughs) definitely needed uh, who is it Draug or Marth, if you take his original art, um, that would look really weird. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, sometimes the um, alt art will have a bit more flair to it, so maybe we'll get a little something more different if we, or I should say when we get alt versions of these characters. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I fully expect getting alternate versions of these three at least. You think before the end of the year? Um... At the absolute latest, I see them possibly being a summer banner if they don't get special versions before the end of the year. But I fully expect to get, you know, one, if not all of them, in special outfits at some point before too long. Right. That makes sense. Um, All right, well, what about Dimitri? As I said, um, I went with Blue Lions, and that uh, is headed by Dimitri, who appears in Heroes as Dimitri the Protector. Uh, And he is also the next in line to be the king of the Holy Kingdom of Fergus. Uh, Still don't know where they found those extra letters in the way they spell that, and why they keep them in there when they spell it. But then again, his full name is Dimitri Alexander Blathed, and yet there are two Ds that make that TH sound. Uh, I think this is kind of meant to be a correlation to ireland to a degree because you know it's got all kinds of letters that don't make the sounds they actually make yeah i was was getting a sense that maybe there is like this european feel to the whole three houses i mean yeah um uh just like names like lester and uh fergus especially the way they spell it Uh, i say fergus but i think they actually pronounce it fargus so even there i'm mispronouncing it um you know, uh, so I definitely think definitely meant to be kind of England, and I could kind of see, you know, um, Holy Kingdom being Ireland, uh, one of them kind of being Scotland, and the other being the UK or the England, you know, hmm. uh, Empire England. Um, I don't know. I think Scotland is kind of a was a band of clans 
you know, that got brought into England and Ireland, I mean, has had many issues over the years. Uh, depending on how bad things go in England soon, may even see a resurgence of that fu fun, fun stuff. <laughs> by fun, I mean not at all fun. No. But not. we're not here to talk actual politics. No, definitely but, not. We can talk about the, video game politics later on. Yeah, it just the way they have, you know, Blathed spelled like that reminded me of, you know, Irish names like Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-N. There's no H in the front of that word, and yet it starts, uh, and that's a B-H, not a V. So... That's why I kind of think this feels like, kind of like um, Ireland. Uh, but he does join the game as a blue cavalry lance unit. His unique weapon, the Noble Lance, gives him three attack. And also gives him a guaranteed follow-up attack if he and his foe are either both full health or both injured at the start of combat. Uh, he has a new skill line that Claude actually has one of as well, uh, which is the Lull line of skills. Dimitri has lull attack defense. It inflicts attack defense minus three and neutralizes foes' bonuses to attack and defense during combat. He also uh, has vengeance and uh, four-tier death blow rounding out his skills. Yeah. So, uh, th so again, this guy seems like he's a pretty heavy hitter. Like they, I think they did service to all of the all of the characters bringing them over into three houses and making them or bringing them over from three houses and making them quite formidable foes with these yep. these heroes not no slouches i'd say in in the entire you know sort of starting roster including the male byleth that they sent out yeah um you know you could uh each one has you know special unique weapons um his is one of the easier ones to futz with uh, if that makes sense, because um, if you get in there with a ranged unit, then you pretty much nullified his weapon before you attack him. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as the unit you follow up with doesn't have, um, you know, isn't injured ahead of time. Or if you get smacked and get injured, you can go in and not have to worry about him getting bonus uh, follow-ups. So... It could also be really harder than you think. Realize to mess with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe. Now you didn't get Dimitri, right? So you haven't had a chance to play. I did get. I did get Dimitri, but like with Edelgard, I really haven't had hopped in and messed with them much. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to get Wolt to round out the um, group with, uh, you know, Dimitri, Edelgard, uh, Byleth, and I was hoping for Wolt, but. That's not happening, it looks like. Yeah, we can't win them all. Um, so, and it, yeah, and then I got somewhat distracted after that. Mm -hmm, no doubt. Some cool stuff happening right now. Uh, let's wrap this up and look at Cloud, Claude, the Schemer. Claude is the house leader of the Golden Deer, the heir to of Duke, sorry, the heir of Duke Regan, the head of the Leicester Alliance. Sorry, I I did <clears throat> Leicester. I haven't played um, Golden Deer or really talked a lot to them, so I'm I'm still learning the names. He's a he's a keen horseman, and he's a great he's great at archery too. 
Has a colorless bow, cavalry unit, clawed wields, cunning bow, which grants speed plus three. When total bonuses on unit plus total penalties on foe are greater than or equal to ten. Uh, inflicts attack slash speed slash de defense slash resistance minus five on foe during combat. He has a new skill in the B slot called lull speed slash defense three, which inflicts speed slash defense minus three on foe. Holy garbage this is a long end neutralizes foes bonuses to speed slash defense during combat rounding out his kit is glimmer 2 is a special and defense smoke 3 in the c slot uh yep so you know and he has the speed defense version of lull just like uh dimitri has the attack de defense version of it uh so but that um you know he helps him activate his Weapon, which will knock down all your all your main skills. He hmm. can be quite quite damn quite vicious, especially if you have a team built around him to make sure you debuff as many people as possible. Yeah, well, he is a schemer, so he's got that right built into his uh, into his kit here. That again, I think they they did a good job yep. at putting him together. And but he's not upside down, which is a real. Just disservice yes. to the character. I don't understand why they why they had a they had a missed opportunity. They missed it. I don't get it. Yes, um, in Discord, one of the uh, people um, I forget who it was exactly posted a video from the voice actor of Claude, and he was starting his uh, announce. He you know it was when he announced that he was voicing Claude, and he started and he's like, "No, this doesn't feel right." Then he pops up on some bars that you can't quite see and hangs upside down to finish the announcement. So even he knows the noticed the memes and had to have fun with it. It's just weird art. I mean, it's just, you don't flip things upside down. It's just not, it's not, you don't do that. And it's, yeah, it just looks it's three houses. They wanted to get all three of the leaders on there and didn't want them squeezed into the center. Wanted to do kind of a triangle thing. Like, I get you know, it. Yeah. It makes people. sense clashing together in the middle of a circle and Claude was the one chosen to be upside down. Yeah, well, he drew the short stick, I guess. Um, yeah, no, it's really cool. He's in here. He's a cavalry unit. I don't... I haven't been playing him in-game or seen him in-game. I don't believe he has a cavalry uh, horse right away. Like, he's not a... Or maybe no, he is. No one, I don't know. No one starts with... Uh, well, I guess if you recruit him, they might start with cavalry levels, but... No one that I recruited so, or no one that I started with starts with anything other than noble or commoner. You got to work them up there. So, yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's that's all the heroes that have been added. I mean, we talked about male byleth last week. So yeah, we're gonna head straight into the Outrealm Gate because, as alluded to by pretty much every Fire Emblem fan in the uh, history of the universe, there's a new game out called Three Houses. And we're going to talk a bit about it because both Eddie and I have been playing, and that's what we do in the Outrealm Gate. We talk about video games in the Fire Emblem franchise. So, Eddie, kick us off here. We're going to talk a little bit about Three Houses. Why don't we go over where we both are in the game, and I'll stay right, right ahead. Probably very light spoilers in the sense that if you've played the first five to six hours of the game you're probably good and even then we're not going to be going into crazy detail we're just talking like first impressions is what i'm thinking yeah um 
yeah, hard to figure out exactly where to start, but I did end up uh, sticking with male Biolith. Uh, as usual, I tend to stay same gender my first playthrough. I uh, went with Blue Lions, um, although I have recruited a handful of units, uh, at least two from the other houses. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting to see how the game can adjust to things on the fly. Uh, for the auxiliary battles... Um, I'm now over the deploy cap, so I've pulled Byleth and Dimitri at times because they tend to be some of my higher level units, and the game adapts to loose conditions. I haven't double-checked this, but it did seem that it did turn off Divine Pulse when Byleth isn't out there, so hmm. it's nice that it actually thought of stuff like that. Wait, so you don't you can choose not to take Byleth onto the map? On auxiliary battles. Oh. There are certain battles where you're required to have Violet or Dimitri or others. And in all these the auxiliary battles, uh, because I'm playing a normal, uh, there seems to be always one that's doesn't use up my skirmish point uh, for the day. Although I think I finally got a second one, but doesn't use up my com- battle point for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one that does. And the one that doesn't refreshes every time, so I've gone in a couple times to try and level some of my lower-level characters up and um, work on skills for the others and stuff. Uh, but um, when Byleth isn't there, because you don't have to have him, or Dimitri isn't there, it'll adjust the lose conditions appropriately. Like, every other map, it's like the required characters, like Byleth or Dimitri, if they die, you lose. However, if they aren't there, it's like if all of your units get killed is how you lose. Right. Now, how far how far are you into the game right now? Like in terms of uh, chapters, I guess, we will go by? I just um, finished the uh, chapter 7. So. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think I've just finished... So I'm I'm heading into chapter four. So the way the game kind of works is that you you start you do your monastery stuff and then you go through the month and then the final like what would normally be considered the bulk of a Fire Emblem chapter, which is the battle, is the very end of the month so far from what I've experienced. And that's sort of the rough setup of the game. And you can do battles on you know, instead of free time, I've found. Uh, the auxiliary battles, as Eddie was talking about, and those those appear to be, like you were saying, like you can kind of go in and you can do some over and over again because I've seen them keep popping up, but maybe they just kind of build because I haven't been doing them a lot. But there is always one that take because you have like if you choose to do auxiliary battles, there's usually one that will will end your free time, right? Oh uh, yeah, so the way uh, it works is during the weekday you're you know, studying and teaching these students. On the weekends, you have free time. Um, At the start, the only thing you can do is explore, but as you, you know, in the very first one, uh, but as you do, you get additional options. Uh, You can attend a seminar held by another teacher. You can battle, uh, you know, or you can just rest. Mm -hmm. And rest Um, pretty much... It increases the motivation of your students for the next instruction lesson thing. Ah, I I have not done resting because I've been so busy doing other stuff. I haven't done it either. I just 
I moused over it and or not I cursored over it and that's what it said and I was like oh that that could come in handy if all your students were slouching and you you needed a you needed a someone to be ready for class yeah but I found that if you go exploring you can do that as well yeah um, like if you want to put the work in but if you didn't want to go talk to anybody and you wanted to just coast through you could probably rest yeah. one week and teach the next well, and yeah, but that's also where I found one of the weirder little glitches about the game. Okay. Um, there comes a chapter where the main story for that chapter is very important. Um, and the required quests that month, because there are red quests and then, uh, you know, beige quests or whatever yeah like side dailies quests. side quest type stuff well the those quests only refresh once a month as do the discussions with people and that main quest for that month uh has you investigating the situation and then there's a spot on the map that will allow you to jump straight to the battle of that month skipping all the weeks in between mm -hmm. and like i said conversations do not refresh quests do not refresh so you know if you opt to do the normal thing if you don't if you don't just like click on it and start the thing and it warns you that you're going to start the end of month mission you know if you go back in a second time everyone has the same conversations there's this critical time seemingly time sensitive thing but no matter what it doesn't get resolved till the end of the month so that's one of the little weird glitches of the way they designed the game you know this is an important thing that it feels like you should take care of right away but no matter what it doesn't happen till the end of the month and if you do other stuff it just treats it as a normal one nothing extra bad happens or anything like that but yeah you know, that's that, it. that is a little weird, but it's game design, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like that's something you wouldn't come across unless you were, like, really... Like, I have not skipped... I think I accidentally skipped something, but I think it was... It wasn't... It, wasn't, it, was, it was not necessary. Honestly, I found that the game flow appears to be a little weird at first for non you know for fire emblem veterans it's a little odd like spending so much time in the school process but you eventually do get the hang of it i think yeah and as i was saying um i was trying to explain the four different things the second option is uh doing a seminar another teacher will boost two of your skills uh third option is the battles um you know, and essentially the way it works is at the beginning, all you have are one battle that requires one combat point or whatever, and one battle uh, on normal mode. I think on hard mode, you don't either don't get as many or don't get any free battles. You get uh, some battles that don't cost com combat points. Yeah, I think I think it was kind of stated when you went into the auxiliary battles when they opened them up. It was like, hey. On some difficulties, like you, you will have to spend points to battle. Yep. So, um, yeah. Event, yeah. Eventually, as you get further in the game, paralogs start appearing, mm -hmm. and there are actual proper paralogs, unlike um, 
Awakening and Fates, where the paralogs were essentially just uh, collect the children chapters. <laughs> it's kind of nice to see actual paralogs back. Oh, yeah. Um, see, I haven't come across any paralogs yet. Yeah, eventually you get uh, special icons that are paralogs. Uh, maybe you have to have certain affinity with students or you know other factors. Uh, and those will require an additional unit on top of Byleth. Uh, the, they're with you. So the paralogs huh? are kind of like um, Mass Effect missions. Like, uh, well, what do they call it? Bond yeah, missions? Yeah, kind of like loyalty missions. Loyalty. Yeah, thank you. Loyalty missions. Um, so, so do those paralogs kind of pop up based on your support level with characters, do you think? Or are they just random? I don't know. It could be that it's the same exact paralogs will pop up no matter what. Even if the student isn't in your house, or even if they, you know, or pops up determined not based on your house or who you who you've recruited, or it could pop up based on your support levels. I think they did talk about loyalty missions in the Treehouse live sessions. They did because they were talking about like raising your support levels with characters and. Um, I should probably state before we move on. I I did. Uh, I I'm playing as female Violeth. I I always go sort of male, you know, version of characters, especially with Fire Emblem games. That I decided with this one, I would go with the female Violeth, and then I picked the Black Eagles as we discussed earlier, and and yeah, I think that the way you run around the school and they slowly introduce new mechanics to you, and specifically the support mechanics. I found that everything you do during school, if you do it the way the student likes, you're going to get that little heart icon pop up, like a bonus. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. Like, even when you're having conversations, like, you can't think of what you as the character would answer. You kind of want to answer the the way the student wants you to answer. So you get that heart bonus. But that kind of go like, flies in the face of Choose Your Own Adventure games, right? Where you're, you're playing the character... Not playing like a sociopath who's just trying to make everyone like you. <laughs> it's like it well, was a little weird. You can play as the as you put it, sociopath. And maybe that's not the or right you word. You can play <laughs> play it as choose your own adventure and pick the ones that fit you. Yeah, just there's no students will take a bit longer to warm up to you. Yeah, and I don't know if sociopath right. is the right word, but it's definitely like there's a word. There's someone. It's to describe someone who like just is. You're not even two-faced, you're like five-faced, and you're just trying to, you know, on one hand, you're like, I don't know all the characters' names yet, but yeah, it's just, it's it's weird. It's not weird, it's just, if you want to play the game and kind of like make everyone kind of like you and go at a steady pace, you can, or you can choose your own answers, and sometimes you think you're answering the right one, and and it, it isn't, or it didn't include like a bonus to your support level, but I really did like all the little ways they've thrown in in the metagame to kind of increase your social standing with these characters. Whereas in previous Fire Emblem games, the metagame was more just like a hub. This is a hub yeah. with stuff to do, you know? It's a hub with stuff to do. Um, yeah, the support stuff is interesting. You can boost your support, which is crucial if you want to recruit characters. Because from what I understand... Uh, the better your relationship with other characters, the lower their requirements are to recruit them. Uh, so, you know, they all characters that you want to recruit require two skills. Usually a skill and a um, 
uh, stat at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked into the exact details, but from what I understand, the higher your support level with them, the more lenient they are. So let's say they require a C-plus in the skill uh, to try and recruit them. Maybe once you get to a C-level stat, they instead only require a C instead of a C-plus in that skill or yeah. something like that. And I did I did look up one thing because I was kind of curious because you, you, when you're walking through the school and you talk, you start talking to people after about like chapter two or three, you get the option to recruit characters and that's just a simple ask it doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask you kind of get the requirement yeah. when you ask um, exactly. and there's no limit you can recruit every student if you want to or if you can but yep. it's it's nigh impossible well not impossible but it's it's really hard to do in the sense that you're yeah. either um, becoming a jack of all trades or you're becoming everyone's friend uh, which is a lot of work well there is another way to try and recruit every student. Mm-hmm. Is sit there and do auxiliary battles one week and max out your character's level and just work on the various skills for hours. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> but no, yeah, it depends whatever. on what you're interested in. Certain skills, it seems like you can't actually. You have to train to get them up high enough to even try and start learning them. Like, it may be faster just to play three run-throughs of the game to experience the content than to try to grind out relationships with every every other character. But that being said, like, choosing a house gives you a third of the character, third of the students, and then of the other two-thirds of the students, like, maybe you might, if you play like me, you're not going to like all of them. You're only going to want to pick, like, certain ones, and that's where I've kind of, I haven't really dived in on who i want to recruit i'm kind of just like asking everybody i'm like you know the unpopular kid at school just like hey you want to you want to join my class it'll be great we're gonna we're gonna have pizza fridays it'll be awesome i don't know like i'm i'm a i'm that wacky professor right um (laughs) but no i'm i'm really digging the school section and once you kind of learn what so there's a couple things so you when you do the free time Um, there are, you have certain amount of activity points. Not everything hits your activity points. Um, like fishing doesn't count from what I understand. Uh, Nor does gardening. Nor does gardening. But like sharing a meal counts, going to choir counts, um, doing the advice column stuff, which I love, does not count. So you can go up and do that. Uh... But I sort of love the advice column stuff, but I'm not great at it. No, I'm terrible at it. I don't it. know, especially when they're not in my house, that, that thing. Yeah, so what it does is it you go to the advice column and it says it shows a silhouette of someone, which kind of gives, gives you a hint if you know the character, and then it, it gives you a problem and three options, and you have to pick the one. This goes back to my conversation before. You have to pick the one that the, that the hero finds to be the best advice for their problem so it's not the best advice it's the advice that they would like so again pandering to these people not actually helping them pandering uh and that gives you a a support boost yeah and one could argue whether it not it's actually pandering or helping to a degree but you know it's not like you're actually changing anything no as they want you to type thing so no but you know and then, and, and actually, it's kind of real. If you're looking for advice, 
someone gives you advice that you don't like, you don't like them better. If they give you advice that you like, you like them better. So, <laughs> I guess you know this is a, this is a game where you want to be everyone's friend. You don't want to necessarily help them, and maybe that's why a certain character develops an eye patch. Anyways, we'll get to that in in the weeks to come. But uh, yeah, it's like any video game where you have limited ability to change things. You do. And you it do. may feel more obvious to you, but I'm enjoying it anyway. Oh, no. I, I Don't get me wrong. I, I guess I should say I'm thoroughly enjoying this game, and I was a little curious about how the school stuff would work. And it really builds on the, the, the one thing that made Fire Emblem stand out from other games like this. It's the characters and the relationships. And they take that component and build it out so well with this school thing. And we haven't even gotten to talk about, like, instructing and then the skill levels. The way they've kind of taken skill levels for um, all your weapons and your magic and whatnot and kind of extrapolated them all. So for, for before, you had, like, E through A+, plus, I guess, for skills. And they've kind of, like done it so it's like e e plus d d plus and kind of moved it out a bit to kind of spread it yeah, out kind of doubled the uh skill levels yeah and i it, it works quite well you think like oh they're just padding it but no it like you move at a steady clip if you got your guy focused it's really cool yep so yeah i definitely feel you're better off splitting their focus between two things as opposed to focusing on only one but mm-hmm. you can do both yeah. Because when you focus on only one, you get a 1.5 times XP boost on that skill. So yeah, you can build that skill up quicker, but only... you're losing about, you know, you're losing a quarter of the XP if you spread it out over two skills. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a really it's a really cool setup. I I find the the teaching stuff like you can do it automatically, but what like I was worried that. The teaching stuff is essentially the getting into the weeds of stats and building characters and, and all that fun stuff. But it's really set up in a way where it's not it's not build-focused, it's guided. So there's really no reason to do it automatically. When you go in, like the game like kind of leads you in the direction you want to go. And you can go in and fine-tune if you want. But you can kind of mm-hmm. just kind of move forward, you know? And, yeah, and it doesn't feel want- punishing. Yeah, and like I kind of want some of my uh, units to be able to help out with other tasks while they're doing one task. So I'll, you know, they're already doing this one thing. I know they're going to be using this skill a lot uh, mm. in the battles. So I just assigned them to focus on, uh, you know, the secondary task I want them to potentially be able to do. Yeah, and occasionally so. students during your lep your sex. Uh, your seminars or your lectures, sorry, yeah, your lectures, they'll ask questions and say like, hey, someone, so I had Petra, she says, uh, someone said I stole something, but I really didn't, but I'm also really quick, so I want to become a thief, but a positive thief. So she's like, I want to focus on axes and um, bows. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? And that gives you a bonus if if you do what she wants. It's kind of interesting. Does does it actually give you a bonus if you do what you want, sir? Yeah. So when you mouse, sorry, when you cursor over it, there's a little exclamation point, and that shows that it's a personal quest, and it does give you like a little bit of a boost. I think it's like a one point five 
XP. I don't know if it lasts forever. And I, I might have to double check actually, but I'm pretty sure it gives you a bonus. Okay. I can double check for. I'll next have to time. investigate that myself. Yeah, I got I, a couple of those, and most of them, it's like, yeah, no, I'm wanting to work <laughs> on these other things right now. So again, you just uh, not only are you pandering to their I've advice, but found... you're you're crushing oh. their uh, their studying dreams. You're just a you're a hardcore teacher. Sure. Um, <laughs> the the thing that I've found is Byleth is the hardest one to level up. Oh, Unless really? you stick with the sword and don't oh. try to recruit other characters. Because, I mean, you have to use up your activity points to, um, you know, train with the faculty. Mm. And otherwise, it's kind of slow going. Especially once you're trying, when you're at D plus trying to get the C. You know, it can be kind of slow going. Or, like I said, there are certain skills that until you have a certain amount, a certain uh, level in that skill, you're not going to be able to uh, build that skill up. Primarily, like, flying heavy armor and uh, riding. Hmm. You're not going to be able to build up riding until you can uh, pass the certification for Cavalier. Or flying for Pegasus Knight or Wyvern, and armor for the Armored Knight, or whatever he's at the first level, mm. until you actually have that class. So it can be kind of slow going. In fact, um, many of my students have multiple intermediate classes that they can study and pass e pass the exam easily. You know, they have the little double circle to say this person has a hundred percent to pass this exam mm -hmm. yet Byleth still has absolutely no uh, intermediate classes that he can um, pass with a guarantee yeah I've been sticking sword and authority so maybe I'm not the one to, to chat about this but you're right like I guess now that you think about it like if you want to forego going relationship for relationship boost you can just train um, yeah. with faculty, but then you're losing out on some opportunities to increase motivation, increase support. Or increase your professor level, because you don't get professor points for training. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm doing pretty decent on the professor level, so i probably okay, but it'd be nice to have more points for stuff, or more adjutants when you get those. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and I think, what is it, as you increase your professor level, then you increase your activity points as well, right? You so, do increase your activity points. Mm -hmm. It gives you more opportunities to do other stuff, and and maybe, like, it balances out as, as you continue with the game. Like, maybe the game wants you to kind of focus more on the heroes you have, and then as you go forward, like, we're, I'm still very early on. Well, You're a bit farther than I am, but... Yep. Um, as we hinted, there is a time skip. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know exactly what happens when that happens and it's highly probable that once that time skip happens you can't recruit anyone anymore yeah i have no idea but i would guess that to be the case just based on the trailer we so, got e3 right yeah based on the trailer and indications of what goes on after the time skip i'm guessing mm -hmm. at that point you can no longer recruit uh, other students so and i could be completely wrong on that but you know so I have no idea. Like, I've recruited Leonie and um, 
uh, Dorothea, and I'm kind of trying to work on getting, um, uh, what's her name, Bernadetta. But to recruit Leonie, I needed to boost my lance skills. Took me a while. For, you know, Dorothea was just the fighting of time. I don't know what her charm requirement was or her authority level requirement was, but those were building on their own. You know, and um, Bernadetta's bows in, I think, strength or something. You know, but I've also been looking at Petra. Petra requires riding. I can't increase riding without a faculty unless I can get into the Cavalier class. Hmm. So, there are challenges to it. Yeah, and we'll certainly continue to discuss Three Houses over the next couple of weeks as we get more time in, but... Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much going to do it for Three Houses. Uh, but before we jump out... Yeah, we probably dove in a little deeper than we planned to there. I know. I thought that was perfect. That was a good first shot across the bow. But like I said, we want to kind of, we're gonna, you know, spread it out because we've got lots to talk about over the next couple of weeks. And um, we're going to do just that as we return next week. We'll certainly talk about Three Houses, more Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Fire Emblem Fates Conquest because we're, be, we're going to put Game Club on hiatus for a bit, um, just probably for two or three weeks, just to kind of give us uh, some some special alone time with Three Houses. That's probably a bad way to describe it, but uh, that's how it feels because I uh, don't really feel like jumping back and forth, to be honest. Um, yeah, um, how you de- describe it can sound a little <laughs> awkward, yes. My words, not yours, what you're trying to say? Or your words, not mine, that sort of thing? Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. Well, um, but when we return with Fire Emblem Fates, we will be covering Chapter 19 and going going chapter by chapter, and we'll see how that goes. But um, the Outrealm Gate and Game Club-esque conversations are not going anywhere. We're going to talk about three houses over the next two or three weeks, pending, you know, big, giant fire emblem heroes news but honestly it's pretty much uh pretty much good to go i think both eddie and i are playing three houses for the foreseeable future so look forward to those conversations in the coming weeks eddie that's gonna do it for this episode how do you feel about that okay he feels okay all right everybody that's going to do it for this week. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. I caught him off guard there. That's not his fault. He actually does feel okay. Um, email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, eddie at drelfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy three houses. Yeah, I probably should have answered you like Byleth. Just give a random gesture and you know exactly what it means. Yeah, just shrug and, you know, move your hand thusly. And you got it. Mm-hmm.